Welcome to the CND podcast. I'm Naomi Kalachand and I'm a clinical editor. This week we have seen the rollout of the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccination service and we have spoke to some of the pharmacies that have been approved nominated COVID-19 vaccination sites. First of all, I spoke to Nadia Hussein, who is the clinical lead for MW Phillips Chemists. This is what she had to say about how they have prepared for the vaccine service that will be starting next week. Okay, so we have brand new premises. So we've dedicated a large section to the mass vaccination site. So we've got a linear flow, we've got separate entrances and exits, and we've dedicated an area for the vaccination pods. We've got a clean room, making sure that everything's all ready for when the vaccination service commences. And why did you want to get involved in the process? I think mainly community pharmacy, we've always been able to do all of this stuff, but we've just never really had the opportunity. And this is our time to go and show everybody what we can actually do. Like behind the scenes, we've been working nonstop since COVID started. We kept our doors open. Most of our staff haven't even had any holidays. And this is something that would potentially help everyone's lives become potentially normal again. So we really wanted to be involved and not just to showcase what talent that we have as community pharmacy, but also to help out and do our bit to help prevent the spread of COVID. Yeah, and that really, really good points that you made there. And, you know, this is definitely our time kind of as a pharmacist to, to shine, I guess. Yeah. As if we haven't already. <laughs> I know, exactly, right? <laughs> and how did you find the process of applying to become a designated site? It was relatively tricky. There was a lot to read upon. There was a lot to understand. Everything's quite new. We had a lot of interest, but there wasn't many people that we could go to to find out more information, especially being from community pharmacy. And most of it was all done online. So we had a virtual visit and it was online. So not having somebody there to help you when you start something new was very tricky. But I feel like as a team, we really got behind it, got stuck in and did our own research and tried to figure it all out. And did you have any concerns throughout the process? Because it was so new, we were unsure about what's actually going on, what's going to happen, what deadline are we actually working towards, when do we start? Like even now, it's all up in the air in terms of how much stock is available, when will we be starting? Those are the concerns that we had, but regardless of those concerns, we just made sure that we are ready for this. So when it comes in and when there is stock, when everything is ready to go, we are ready and we are trained and we are prepared. You've mentioned quite a lot of uncertainty there with the service. What kind of guidance has been provided by NHS England and Improvement? There is actually a lot out there online. We've had our protocols, SOPs. There is a lot if you know where to look in the right places. So we have been given guidance. But like I was saying, having written guidance is very different to actually seeing it. And actually having somebody teach you from the beginning, reading it, you have to really figure everything out from scratch. And that's what we've been doing ourselves here in Community Pharmacy. And how many patients are you going to be expected to vaccinate? So when we have our delivery, it will be for 975 vaccinations is what we'll get. And we'll be expected to deliver them within the four days because these vaccines only have an expiry date of five days. How many people will you have administering these vaccines? At the moment, we have four vaccination pods designed for four vaccinators at a time. But we've had so many people asking to help out so we could possibly extend this. And uh, given our new premises has a lot more space, we can possibly arrange this for more. And have you had to recruit any extra staff? Luckily, being part of such a big chain, we already have had people asking. And a lot of our own pharmacists have come forward and want to be trained and want to help out. 
So we haven't really had to go out and get external people. We've had technicians and non-clinical staff wanting to get involved as well. And what about other essential services? Will you still be offering these while you're vaccinating? Yeah, so at the premises that we will be providing the mass vaccination site, there is a pharmacy there as well, but there's two separate places. They've got separate exits and entrances, so they won't interfere with each other. So the essential services will continue as normal and we'll have our staff dealing with the essential services. And then we've got dedicated staff for this vaccination site. Finally, why do you think other pharmacies don't want to get involved or can't get involved in the vaccination service for COVID-19? There's a couple of things. Staff, making sure they've got the right workforce. I mean, we're quite lucky with the workforce that we've got, the right premises. And of course, it's new. It's a challenge. It sounds very difficult for community pharmacy because we're not used to being given such big projects, but not everybody could step forward to this. But I'm, I'm really happy that we have and we've been given this mass vaccination site. That was Nadia Hussein, the clinical lead for MW Phillips Chemists, talking about how they've prepared for the rollout of the vaccination service in their pharmacy. Next, my colleague, Tom Cox, C&D Features Editor, will be speaking to Pete Horrocks, the Superintendent Pharmacist of the 70 Branch Group Knights Pharmacy, based in County Durham. So Pete, you've got the sign-off for some COVID vaccine sites that to be launched on Monday. Could you just describe how this came about? As many of you will be aware, NHS England put out a uh, expression of interest for pharmacies who thought they were able to participate in the programme back in late November. We looked at it with some great interest and uh, anticipation in being able to help with the national rollout of the vaccines that we were hearing become licensed. So we went through the necessary procedure and for the last six weeks, there's been a lot of hard work behind the scenes in giving the necessary assurances and preparation that we are a credible site to be able to deliver these mass vaccination centres. For anyone who hasn't looked at a lot of requirements that you've got to be able to fulfil, hopefully the AstraZeneca vaccine helps to ease that somewhat. But as we stand, we remain ready to accept either vaccination for our clinics. They have some quite onerous restrictions, including having fridge space to store 1,000 vaccines, the capacity and staff to deliver 1,000 vaccines a week, and having social distance space for patients to be observed for 15 minutes after vaccination if they're driving. What is the site like? Is it just one site that you're able to host for the COVID vaccines? We currently have two sites that have received final approval to be part of the next wave both sites at registered premises. However, what we've actually got is a fantastic setup in both locations where the clinic will be running completely independently to the operations of the pharmacy. So I think that puts us in a real strong position to be able to offer a real excellent service to the patients and uh, to the NHS who commission in this service. And where are these two sites? So the first site is in Redditch in the West Midlands, and the second site is in uh, Bishop Auckland in the northeast. Really interesting that there are these sites because a lot of people like me are used to the concept of like drive-in places or like huge church halls where you have the COVID tests. Obviously, the vaccines is a separate service altogether. Are these pharmacies particularly large? Do they have a lot of consultation rooms and an exceptional amount of space to be able to host vaccines? 
with the Pfizer vaccine, once that is removed from frozen storage conditions at wholesale level, it has to be delivered within 120 hours. By the time that's been delivered to the pharmacy, that puts you on about three and a half days to be able to fit that thousand appointments in. Both of our sites have extensive space for administration area and clinical assessment that allows us to get that throughput in three and a half days. So it's actually about 10,000 vaccines a month you're delivering from these sites, if it's the Pfizer vaccine? That could be the potential, yeah. I think the, the, the key thing here for us, and which is a bit of a great unknown, is the continuity of supply. As we understand it, will be scheduled. Uh, we'll then work towards delivering clinic appointments upon the knowledge of the vaccine stock being, being delivered. What I don't think the NHS is in a position to just yet is have a continuous rolling amount of stock coming into a clinic. So I, I don't envisage us running at that rate immediately, but we'll wait to see how the supplies start to come through the national system. It's a, a huge number. It's a very impressive amount. What kind of figure do you envisage if you had to hazard a guess that you'll be running out from Monday when, when the service launches in pharmacies? To be considered as part of one of the sites, you had to commit to being able to deliver a thousand vaccines per week. Now, if you got two deliveries of the Pfizer vaccine, then you'd probably be looking at doing 2,000 vaccinations per week. So that is very much within the remitting capacity of our clinics. Whether we could create more appointments and take grid of our volumes of stock, I think we'll, we'll wait to see how we get up and running with the service and, uh, and how well we can do that. What's the setup like? You're doing in consultation rooms, I'm guessing? We've created little vaccination pods. So not necessarily a consultation room type setup that you would find in a standard community pharmacy because we're working at a larger scale. You also have very large fridges to be able to store the vaccines while they're waiting to be administered. That's right. So we have dedicated fridges in our sites. Important that we're not impacting the the, the day-to-day operation of our our pharmacies that are on on site. So yeah, dedicated fridges which can take the stock and ensure the uh, temperature storage conditions of the vaccines are, are maintained whilst they're under our care. Yeah, it's impressive that you're not going to be impacting the day-to-day running of the pharmacy, which I imagine is extensive if it's able to host this many vaccinations. So that's doing the flu service and day-to-day dispensing tasks on top of retail and everything else. Did you have to hire extra staff on top of your usual staff to deliver the vaccines? We'll be running the sites as a separate operation. We're very fortunate that we've got very good teams that work within our business and also there's a lot of interest from our pharmacists and support staff to support in the delivery of this. So each site that goes live will have its own team dedicated to doing the operations and, and all of our staff we've uh, been going through some uh, intensive training over the last few weeks in preparation for our go-live dates. Sounds like a, a huge endeavour. What kind of size is the team going to be and are they made up of pharmacy professionals, ph- pharmacists or just like any, anyone that you could find? So I don't think you need the healthcare professional to be able to deliver the vaccine. There are various models of how you can deliver the COVID vaccination clinics. There's two kind of legal mechanisms of administration. One is under PGD, which would be solely by a pharmacist. Uh, or the other is the interest in uh, route, which is the national protocol, which was signed off by Matt Hancock back end of last year. So we see our clinics using a, uh, a mixed approach. We're very much by using the national protocol, we can utilise 
some of the skills of our additional workforce. In addition to the pharmacists and the technicians that will be running the service, we'll also be heavily supported by admin members of our team responsible for record keeping and simple actions such as marshalling patients and queue management to ensure that it's a well-oiled operation. It sounds like it has to be a very well-oiled operation. And what kind of size is the secondary team who are going to be delivering these COVID vaccines at each site? It varies. We have in excess of 10 vaccinators and an equal number of admin staff who will support these. One of the key things we've had to build into service provision was to, if necessary, run these clinics seven days a week, 8am till 8pm. So the nature of that, you need a large team to be able to cover all of the hours that you may have clinics uh, running. These team members come at, come at a cost to be able to afford to pay them for, for these extensive hours every day of the week. And the amount that pharmacies will be paid is £12.58 per, per vaccination, I understand. Do you think it will be a profitable endeavour in the long run over the coming months? Obviously, the remuneration is closely aligned and, I guess, based upon the remuneration we already receive for the National Flu Service with a slight increase in there. So we're confident that by operating at scale and ensuring that we've uh, we've done everything as per the service specification, that this will be a commercially viable service for us. But we're not really here just to do it for the commercial viability of it. We're, we see the, the bigger picture, which is that the NHS is at a time of need. Pharmacy has supported the NHS extensively throughout the pandemic. And it's a continuation of our role in supporting the wider healthcare system to get as many vaccinations out as possible to the eligible cohorts as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. And, and we're really proud to be taking that role from our organisation. It's a noble cause. I think there is a bit of an, an uproar at the moment in the pharmacy community because of the barriers to entry for this service because being able to to store a thousand vaccines and to deliver a minimum of a thousand vaccines a week is kind of excessive for your average single store in independent pharmacy all this red tape reduced so that a small independent pharmacies and imagine like many of, of your own 70 branches would be able to deliver the vaccines in the same way that they deliver the flu vaccines yeah i certainly think with time there's a route to them relaxing some of the red tape that's there. But if you, if you think back to the start of this process, there was only one vaccination that was authorised for use, and that was the Pfizer vaccine. So I feel it is important that some of that red tape has felt extensive is there to ensure that uh, there's the safety of the supply and also to prevent any unnecessary wastage. So hopefully with with, with time and the, uh, uh, the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine, it will make it more... Uh, practical for a pharmacy to participate and, and contribute to the uh, to the whole vaccination programme. A lot of pharmacies are very keen to contribute in any, any way they can. I've heard from one pharmacy contact that setting up the Pfizer vaccine particularly difficult due to the bureaucracy around it. Has this been your experience of it and is that a potential barrier for smaller pharmacies to, to deal with? There has been a lot of work involved in, in giving our assurances to the NHS and, and working closely with the NHS regional teams so that they are happy that we were a site that could be commissioned. We have benefited in the fact that a larger organisation and have been able to dedicate some staff time solely to doing this. So yeah, I think a, a single independent pharmacy run by the pharmacist 
as their main day job would struggle to get involved in the level of preparation that we've had to do and that could be a barrier but I think as we've said with the continuation of vaccination service and knowledge of its application in practice hopefully it will make a straightforward process in the future if the NHS are looking for greater volumes of commutes. That was Pete Horrocks and Adia Hussein, who were both hosting pharmacy-led COVID-19 vaccination sites. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the CND podcast on your preferred app or on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening.